We're taking a book Bibles and turn to Romans 11.33. Romans 11.33. All the depths of the, depths of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and shall not... It shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Let's pray together, please. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before thy throne of grace and think of thy immeasurableness. We cannot measure your love or any, any of thy attributes, O Lord. We know that this is beyond our comprehension. We just pray your mercies be upon us, open up our understanding that we might grow in wisdom and knowledge of the truth and might gather from thy word the words you have for us this morning. Ask your mercies on them without Christ, that you be pleased to save them and edify the saints and encourage us in the work and the word. In Jesus' name I thank thee and praise thee and for his sake, amen. Man's ignorance of God, this has been doing a few sermons on divine providence and this is one of them and God is omniscient and all-knowing and there's nothing that God doesn't know hasn't not known there's nothing new no new thing that comes to God that he did not know before he knows the past present and future God knows the end from the beginning and there are no surprises or new knowledge as we mentioned and the most part men are ignorant of God's providential work and uh, it's hard to or he cannot find out God's past or or his ways and they are past finding out yet there are things we can know about God and his work and his mercy and his judgment and uh, and uh, but we're limited to our ability to know and comprehend any one thing and there's not really one attribute of God that we can say we know it all. <clears throat> but we just can't, are not capable. Sometimes we think we are, that we are, uh, uh, sometimes we think we're as smart as God, but uh, that'll never happen. <clears throat> Finally, we think about <clears throat> there is uh, uh, the shortness of our lifespan, uh, and which limits our finding out things, and however, uh, generations learn from the pre- preceding generation and so on and so when we have collective knowledge, but even that doesn't come close. Think about all the computers and things we have today, satellites. and I mean, when I was a kid, there was, you know, Buck Rogers, and he didn't even know half of it. And, and we, uh, we have all these things now. We think we're in a, a revolution of some kind, or we just are... Minds are exploding, our ability exploding, and some think of uh, computers as God, but they're limited too. They can only put it, they can only put out what's put in. Uh, they're not a God, they're not a creature, they're not a living thing, and so they're limited also in what they can do. There are things that God allows us to realize, to know about Him, and that uh, we think of these things just. Because something can be done does not mean that it should be done. And um, that's one of the things that we need to learn. And there's things that God allows man to know, but it does not necessarily mean he needs to go do it or that he use it for, a, if he will, 
in proper immoral uses. How many things have we think about a nation, science, community, and uh, all of these? They're looking for knowledge, you know, gaining knowledge. Hitler he had a bunch of like that. They was looking for all kinds of knowledge, you know, and they take uh, Jewish people and slice them up or take one limb from the one person, put it on another, and all the foolish things they did. In Nimrod's day, he had the knowledge how to build a tower. That didn't, need, didn't mean he needed to build one. But he did build the Tower of Babel, and we know the end results of that. God's ways and works are unsearchable. Uh, the only way we can know anything about God, God by revelation lets us know. The sheer number of the works of God just in creation is beyond our ability to comprehend all that it took. If we uh, build a house or build some a car or something like that, we think about all the little things that go into it in order to get the car go down the road. In order for you sit in your house in comfort, there's a lot of things that has to be done in order for that to be accomplished. And many things, unless you're doing it, goes unknown. <clears throat> if you're a homeowner, somebody else has done it, then there's a lot of things on our cars uh, that they put in there, and we don't know exactly where all they are. Uh, nonetheless, we know the car go down the road. In Job 38, 1 through 6, we'll be reading some passages from Job and uh, from Ecclesiastes. <clears throat> there in Job 38, Job, if you remember, all the way through, is he's looking, if God would only let me talk to him, you know, I need a day's man stand between him. And if I go here, then God's there, you know. And he goes on and on and on until God reveals himself to him. And, and there in verse 1 of 38, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel my words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare it. Uh, thou hast understanding, if thou hast understanding, who hath laid the measure thereof, that if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line uh, upon it, wherefore are the foundation thereof fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof? And he goes through asking many questions about the different parts of creation, animals, and so on and so forth, and of course, Job has nothing to answer except that <clears throat> repentance as we'll see in just a little bit that when God laid the foundation of the world and he created it he didn't need help he didn't need the angels you know to helping him out and doing this that and the other when it said he spoke that's what he did he spoke it and it came into existence and we see the spirit of God hovering over the deep and and uh, we couldn't preach the gospel out of that, but we're not looking at the gospel this morning. But the point I'm making is that God created all things. Some things he just spoke into existence. There's no way that you or me by ourselves could put a car together in one day. I mean, you just couldn't do it. Now, we had a lot of people coming and helping us, and we could, and God spoke. And evening and morning was the first day. Evening and morning was the second day. 
Even in the morning was the third day. Even in the morning was the fourth day. Even in the morning was the fifth day. And even in the morning was the sixth day. And the whole thing was done. Everything. The sky, the clouds, the atmosphere, the stars, all of that. Done. And we think about the light years. And Solomon says that God is in his, uh, in his, in his excuse me, in his creation, but he's also in the heaven and the heavens of heavens. And it means that God's in his creation, he's above his creation, and they talk about how many light years that we know of. We don't know how big it is. Uh, there's not a clue. When I was a kid, I imagined it like the earth was like this, and all the rest of it was like that. And there's not even a way we can even imagine what the earth is and compared to the universe. It's not even a grain of sand. We can not find God, if you will, by, by searching for him. There in Job 42, Job 42, 1, and then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst not that thou canst do everything that there's no thought can be withholding from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered and I, that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak, I will demand of thee, and and declared thou unto me, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes seeth thee. Wherefore I pour myself and repent in dust and ashes. <clears throat> what did your dad say to you when he's three years old? Two years old. God knows. Knows everything's been done. Everything that we've said or done or accomplished or so on and so forth, God knows it all. Sometime we'll think of something and we'll think, well, now, who was it that said that? We, uh, we just told Allison, I was talking sometime back and I was thinking about a sermon and I couldn't remember who preached it. And I was trying to think which, which preacher preached that and I never did come to a conclusion who it did, but God did. There's nothing outside of the range, if you will, in the mind of God. There in Ecclesiastes, there in Ecclesiastes 3.11. I can't blame this on stuck pages. 3.11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he set the world in the heart of, in their hearts, so that man, no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. <clears throat> there is the desire we have to know the creation, know about the world that we live in, and and we know from past generations and Socrates, and they just thought, man, they've then nailed it. They knew everything, you know, and they had. I figured it out in many cult groups and stargazers, you know, well, this and over here controls this and this and over there controls that. And, of course, God controls it all. <clears throat> the God's mystery of the first creation is not 
fully revealed, much less the new creation. And God just tells us what we need to know, that he did it. There in Ecclesiastes 8.17, Ecclesiastes 8.17, And then I beheld all the work of God, that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun, because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it. Yea, <coughs> Father, <coughs> though a wise man think to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. And so we find that he shall not be able to find it. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack that cannot be found. And, uh, and actually, it would be easier to find a needle in a haystack than it would be to understand how God created all these things. It's beyond man's capability to, to understand this. Man's problem is he cannot think of as God thinks. He thinks the way a man thinks. And man thinks too much of himself often. Isaiah forty twenty eight: Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the end of the earth, findeth not, neither weary, there is no searching of his understanding. <clears throat> we have to sleep, he doesn't. We grow weary, he doesn't. We get tired, he doesn't. <clears throat> uh, his ways are not even, uh, we just don't have the capability to comprehend those things about God. Neither angels nor mankind knows the fullness God's mind, but Christ, in Romans 11:34, for who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? <clears throat> and so if we think about the, uh, everything that, uh, uh, that exists, uh, the only human being we could say that understood these things, of course, was Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. We cannot add anything to, but God gives us limited understanding. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Now we have the mind of Christ in the sense that we can know right from wrong. We can give honor and glory unto God, but we don't have the mind in Christ that we can understand the whole universe. We understand the things that God has for us to know, to understand, to comprehend, and just in our lifetime, just think how many Things have changed where they said, really, it's this way. And they put up a telescope and said, oh, no, it's not that way. It's this way. And so they have to change everything because they gain a little more knowledge, but God has all knowledge. You saints, uh, uh, and God, saints in God's Word show, if you will, that, <clears throat> that the uh, world are a fraction of God's mind, if you will. The Word of God's... Uh, fraction of God's mind. It's not the totality of all that God understands. It is all that God has for us. And we're supposed to, by faith, take what he says and believe it. And when it tells us that God created heaven and earth, and he tells us how he did it, he expects us to believe it. He didn't go, as I mentioned before, he doesn't go into detail what he did or didn't do. He just says, this is the way it did. This is what happened. And we know that, uh, that there had to be all these forces and things coming together at the same time to form the material and so on and so forth. And man says, well, it'd take a billion years. 
Then I got a little older and it'd take two billion. Then I got a little older and went to school, you know, and getting there, ready to go into high school. We was up to three billion. And you said, well, well, that's kind of where we're at. Now we're in the trillions. Because you see all that out there, the stars and all that, they're thousands or trillions of light years, and so the way man's thinking is, it would take a, a trillion, a 186,000 miles a second. <clears throat> That's the and times 365 days a year. We'll put the quarter in there, and that makes one light year. So how big? is the universe. Man cannot understand or believe that God just said, that's it. There's fourth day, and he put the stars and put the sun in, the moon in, the stars, and that was it. Man tries to measure it. He says, well, it's in the, it's in the trillions of light years. But we know God did it in one day. <clears throat> Saints in God's word, in Luke 7.35, but wisdom is justified of her children. The preaching of the gospel reveals God. It reveals in loving kindness. It reveals his purpose, his control. It shows of his dedication, and it shows us what real emotions is. If you want to, if you want to think about it, God is the only one that loves like we ought to love. We cannot love as he does, although you were commanded to. But we got all this other trash and garbage that comes in and tempers our love, jealousy, envy, and those things. The preaching of the gospel reveals more about God than the basic gospel, his love, mercy, kindness, justice, righteousness. He reveals his character. He reveals he hates unrighteousness. He hates wickedness. He hates these cunning devices. God doesn't use them, and he hates them. Man's brief life limits his knowledge. Our days pass so fast and limit the amount of knowledge that we can obtain. Job 8 9 says, For we are but of yesterday and know nothing, because our days upon the earth are a shadow. And we can say that not only just for our life, we can say that for the, high, the life of the whole earth. Compared to God, it's just a, just a word said. It's just a shadow. It's just a tree has come up and fallen down. It is no time at all. We can see limitedly. We see the wicked prosper sometime. We don't understand it, and we get envious. Because here we are serving God. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And here the wicked out there, Psalms 73. And we see the wicked out there and they're prospering and we're not prospering. And they seem to be living in sin and loving it. I mean, some people get envious of things they see on TV and like, I believe I'd like to do that one time. Or I, I, I just... I just don't know if living for Christ is worth it. 
And we see in 73 too, we start there. <clears throat> but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. <clears throat> Ever been in that position? For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. There are, <clears throat> they are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a change violence it covers them as a garment, if you will. They, their eyes stand out and with fatness, and they have more than heart could wish. And we could go on through the Psalms 30, 73. <clears throat> he didn't understand their end there in verse 15. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of my children. <clears throat> when I thought to know this, it's too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I therein, surely thou didst set them in slippery places, thou casteth them down in destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. We speak about people that have been cast into hell. But hell's just like jail. It's not prison. It's not the lake of fire. It's just a holding pen. <clears throat> what they will suffer is beyond our comprehension to even think of. And yet we get envious because they can do something that we can't do. And if we do it, our father's going to give us a whipping. And my son told me one time, he says, well, he wanted to do something. He said, well, so-and-so, they let the, uh, I can't remember the boy's name, so they let him do it. Their dad lets them do that. And I told him, I said, I'm not raising them. I'm raising you. <clears throat> God is not preparing them for the kingdom. But he is preparing you for the kingdom if you're his. The terrors of the place, uh, if you will, of departed spirits, it is that place where they taste of what it's like, going to be like for eternity. The rich man looked up and uh, called upon Abraham. One of Lazarus come down and just, just, with, just put a drop of, uh, of water on his tongue. Just a drop of water. Abraham said, we can't do that. There's a gulf stretched between us. We just cannot do that. Even man's accumulated knowledge is still limited. Ecclesiastes 11.5 As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her, and, and that is with child, even so thou knowest not the work of God who maketh all. I was told one time that Scripture's out of date. So we understand how sales, you know, split, and this sale makes that sale, and this that. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones grow. When did you get your spirit? Did you get that from mommy, daddy, ancestors? Where did the spirit come from? 
one part, it speaks about David in the lower parts of the earth. I mean, it's like, I don't know where. How'd you get a spirit? Well, <clears throat> if we talk about animals, we can figure that out. They don't have a spirit, so <clears throat> we go through genetics and this, this, this cell divides and divides and divides. But they don't have a spirit. Where does spirit come from and how does it get in you? Where, when does it happen? I think it speaks about in the womb there. I think that is the time. But the scriptures don't tell us. We're, we're more than just a body. We're more than just a brain. We have a spirit that's likened to the angels, likened to God. It is not a thing that's of the earth. It's not material. It's immaterial. It is not something you can hammer on, touch. You can open somebody up, look in their heart. You can't find it. Look in their brain. You can't find it. Where does that spirit come from? And when does it happen? And you could ask me to give a particular time, and I have to tell you, I don't know. We can clone almost anything, food, animals. However, cloning and many of the other scientific discoveries are like the Tower of Babel. There's some things, I think, that we shouldn't do even though we know to do it. And we think about God weighed Babylon in the balance. I can see them all around having this big party. Handwriting on the wall. <clears throat> King was dead around midnight, and the Medes had already come in by the next morning. Accumulated knowledge often leads us in ways that are not good, <clears throat> if you will. It makes us think we're smarter than we are, and we know more than we are. Most his history is rewritten to suit people's ideals, and we read of the history of a battle or something, and they say, uh, which side wrote it? It makes a difference whether it's the American version or the British version. It makes a difference because man changes or his ideals or mold things in the way he liked them to be. Man continually makes the same mistakes because he is continually rebelling against God. Man does not see or understand the things of God. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> how he controls everything. We see God's providence at work all around us, but we don't understand it. <clears throat> we can't comprehend it usually. We just say, well, that, we just say, well, that just happened. But God, everything works by if you will, by God's control or direct influence. Man's knowledge is limited. There's only a few Einsteins produced. But if everybody was an Einstein, we still fall short. If everybody had 300 IQ, we still wouldn't be God. In John 16, 12, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. There's a lot of things that we read in the Scripture. When I was young in the faith, 
I'd read something and I can't understand that. Then later on, I'd say, oh, I understand that. But I still find things in the Scripture I don't understand. I look at it, I study it, I read commentaries, I read what other people say, I read their confusion and, and put it on my confusion and still come up with nothing. Why? I'm just a finite creature. I have a finite brain here, and as we get older and not careful, it loses more than it gains. We forget more than we gain. And so we're limited. Man is limited how much he can comprehend in John 16, <clears throat> 12, as we read, and then in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, and we may do that we may do all the words of the law. So there's some things God's given us and some things he had. The things he had in the secret unto God. You're never going to know. No man in the world is going to know. And how much God revealed to us in glory, I don't know. Ecclesiastes 8, 7. For he knoweth not which shall be, for who can tell him when it shall be? God hides the future. Then Ecclesiastes 9, 12. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes are taken in the evil net, and as the birds are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. We think everything's going great. We're not looking for anybody to invade or take over our country, or we're not looking for a house to be blown up or all those things. But anything can happen at any time, and we can't control it. God is the one who controls it. Some things are revealed, yet simultaneously sealed. Daniel was given a revelation. <clears throat> and he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. And we know that David got sick. <clears throat> he was crying. He was upset. He was trying to find out what it meant. And God says, You're not going to find out. It's sealed. Now, he's the one who wrote it. I mean, Daniel's the one who put pen to paper. Sometimes we look at Isaiah and different ones. We said, well, they sure did know a lot about today, but they didn't. They put down what God gave them to put down. Daniel put down what God gave him to put down, and he didn't understand it. There's things that in the scripture, we'll never understand. There's things about creation we'll never understand. In Revelation 10, 4, there's seven thunders. And they're part of the judgment of God. <clears throat> and John got his inkhorn out, you know, and he, he started to write in, in, on his uh, skin there on the, <clears throat> on the scroll. God said, don't. It says, and when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things which, which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. So John knew things we don't. 
So what are the seven thunders? <clears throat> Some people have searched the book of Revelation and searched it and searched it trying to find the seven thunders. God said don't write it. John didn't write it. He didn't say, well, this and <clears throat> this is the angel did this and that and said, and this is one of them, the seven thunders, but I can't tell you about it. No. So we got seven thunders there in the book of Revelation. We it's going to happen during the time of tribulation, and we don't know what they are. We're to take what God has shown us and use it, if you will, to his honor and glory. Some things are hidden because of man's wickedness. Isaiah twenty nine ten, for the Lord has poured out upon the spirit on you, excuse me, the spirit of deep sleep, and has closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers and seers hath he covered. And the vision of all is become unto you as a word of a book that is sealed. We think once man knows something, he knows it. We can look in commentaries and Say, well, this is what Clark said, and this is what Gail said, and this is what he said, this said. The question is, is your mind open to what it says? Or is it like a sealed book? To the wicked, if you will, in their day, and Isaiah speaking of, and that to the wicked, the, book, the word of God was just sealed. And they couldn't comprehend it. They took it to the learned. And he said he couldn't read it because it's sealed. He took it to the unlearned man. And, and, and he opened it up. And he says, I'm unlearned. So the book was sealed. The things that are revealed only he that is worthy. In Revelation 5.3, And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept. And much, because no man was found worthy to open the and to read the book, neither to look therein. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold the line of the tribe of Judah. The root of David hath prevailed to open the book to loose the seven seals thereof. Jesus was worthy. John couldn't open it. Angels couldn't open it. Only he that gave his blood for his people was able to open it. Yes, heaven will ring one day in Revelation 5.12 and saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. <laughs> he, he took a perfect man, perfect morally, perfectly righteous, perfect in love, perfect in mercy, perfect in, as a perfect sacrifice, perfect <laughs> message or gospel message, perfect deliverer, perfect Lord, perfect master and king, and perfect in judgment. In Jesus is the only perfect man. It is he that we read about earlier that we have the mind of Christ. There are some things we can know about, if you will, about 
the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that no other person knows. You can preach it to them, you can tell it to them, you can sing it to them, you can put it on the TV, you can put it on the radio until God opens their understanding. They're just like John and just crying, could not understand the book. There are times, <clears throat> the times are in the hands of God. Mark 13.32, But of that day thou knowest not the day, no, not the angels, which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. What they, that's true. Book of Acts, they say, well, now will the kingdom come in? Well, Jesus say, well, I guess we've worked it out, and has it come now? It wasn't given them to know. And he says, even then, that was in the Father's hands. So when somebody told me, 1980, Jesus was coming, I didn't believe him. Then 85 and 86 and so on down the road, they say, well, it's coming here, September, it's coming here, October, it's coming here. <clears throat> I didn't believe them. He said, no, what if they had come? I would know for sure that they didn't know. I can guarantee you, if an angel, me, some other person tells you they know when Jesus is coming, they're a liar. Now how can I say that they're a liar? Because the scripture says, no man. Not a few, but no, none. Now does the father know? Of course he knows. I had a teacher says, well, he's teaching on the book of Acts, and he said, <laughs> Well, when he got to heaven, he knew it. He knew what it was too, because Jesus mentioned there it wasn't in his hand; it was in the Father's. So there's some things that we do know. We know that we cannot know when Jesus is coming. We know that God's ways and works are unsearchable; they are past finding out. We know with exclusion of the revelation of the Holy Spirit from the Scriptures, you can't know it. Just look at all the false religions, false this and false that are out there today, and they use the Bible. They don't use the Bible. But we look at them like they're fools because what they come up with is a bunch of garbage. We think, how could you read the Scriptures and come with that garbage? But you see, we have the advantage. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. <clears throat> we cannot comprehend this brief time, even if we was able to live for thousands of years. We never come to the level of knowing what God knows. Some things are hidden for us to find, and we didn't read that in Proverbs, but some things are and put out there, and it mentions kings to find. So there are things out there that man finds, and he finds them, and we know from the pyramids and different things that when a world catastrophe comes or when uh, different nations rise up against nations, 
<clears throat> knowledge is lost, then, then they have to rebuild it again. But man can never know everything. Things that you can know through the new birth is that Jesus loves you. Through the new birth, you can know that there's hope. In the new birth, you can know that there's an eternal life. In the new birth, you can know that Jesus is high and lifted up. He's your personal Savior, deliverer, conqueror. <clears throat> we gain wisdom and knowledge by His amazing grace. None of us are fit to know the things that God given us to know. It's just like sometimes I think about that, just like taking milk and pour it into a dirty glass. We'd put it to you and say, I believe I want a clean glass. God regenerates them, gives us a new spirit and moves in. But this body is a dirty glass. It will not improve with time. It's not going to get better, but praise God, one day He's going to give us a glorified body. The only way that anybody can know anything about Jesus is someone tell them. Some of them body reveal it to them. Somebody open their understanding. That's on the way. Somebody revealed it to you, I'm sure. You know how I know that? Because you profess salvation. Somebody somewhere told you about Jesus and the forgiveness of sins. It's just a simple thing. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's really simple. And all you have to do is just believe God that it's true. All you have to believe that Jesus died for you according to the Scriptures, that He was buried and rose again unto newness of life, and God accepted His sacrifice for sinners that would come to Him. But man cannot know that without our heavenly revelation. 